church. It is so good to see you. If you don't know who I am, my name is Eva Nice. You can call me Eva. I'm one of the young adults at our church. I serve in a few ministries here. I serve on the altar team, on the media team, obviously in our young adults ministry. Shout out to our Christmas formal happening on Friday. If you haven't RSVP'd, RSVP, it's going to be a good time. Well, I'm so honored that our pastors have entrusted me with today's message. Um, I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> um, if I can be vulnerable for a second, I, ooh, how do I say this? If you're a you for young adult, you know this. You've heard me speak before. So, you know, part of my testimony is that I struggle with anxiety. And my anxiety has been so bad this morning that I said, Lord, you can call me to ministry or you can give me anxiety, but do not give me both. And God really just met me in the car and said, you have both because that's how I get the glory. So here I am <laughs> starting off Christmas at New Birth. I'm so excited. Can you show me your hand if you love Christmas? I love Christmas. I'm the type of person that it can be July and I am singing Santa Claus is coming to town in my car. <laughs> I love Christmas, I love music, I love the lights, I love the presents, I love hearing about the birth of Jesus, and so I'm so excited to be here today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter two, verses one through 12. I'm gonna read the whole thing, we're gonna pray, and then we're gonna break up those verses and what we can learn from them, okay? All right, Matthew 2, it should be on the screen behind me. It reads, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Dear Lord, we come before you this afternoon so grateful that you have brought us to your house, so grateful that your presence is here with us. We ask that as we read this passage, we would learn something about you, something about who you are calling us to be, that you would speak through me today, that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive what it is you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Amen. Well, if you couldn't tell, we're talking about the wise men today. And before I jump into the points I have for you, I really quickly just want to cover who were these men. So these men came from the east, most likely the area that we now know as Persia, and they were Gentiles. So Gentiles are any person that are not Jews. Verse 2 states, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So these men were Gentiles, but yet they were looking for Jesus to worship him. Jesus' birth wasn't just important for the Jews. Right away we can see that his birth was important for the whole world. Because even Gentiles are saying, we see his star and we have come to worship him. The Greek word for magos is translated as wise men or magi. It's a term used by the Persians that describes Zoroastrian priests. What are Zoroastrian priests? So these are priests that paid specific attention to the stars and studying the sky. So it would make sense that they see a star, know what it means, and decide to follow that star. If we go back over 500 years, stay with me, we're going back over 500 years to the Babylonian exile, King Nebuchadnezzar assigns the prophet Daniel to the high office of chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. In other words, over 500 years before this, Daniel was appointed chief of the Magi. So it would make sense that these men knew that the star represented that Jesus had come because they had studied Daniel's writings because he was their chief. And then although we commonly celebrate three kings day, the Bible never actually says how many Magi there were. Some scholars think there was five. Some think there was 12. Some say it was over 20. So we think it's three because they brought three gifts, which we'll go over later on. But we don't actually know how many people went on this journey to find Jesus. So today's sermon, we're going to be going through the characteristics that we learn from the Magi and what we can learn from them. And today's message is called In Pursuit. And I'm going to be real honest with you. This is a simple message. But if you lean in, if you take notes, I believe there's something you can grab from it and something that you can take with you. Amen? All right. So in Matthew 2, we're going to go right back to verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So my first point today is that the Magi were seekers. They saw his star and followed the star. Now, I don't know about you. I wish that God would place a star on top of everything he wanted me to pursue. Like, could you imagine if on top of the company you were supposed to apply at, God put a star. Or if you were looking for what school to go to and God put a star right on top of the school you were supposed to go to. Or for those of you that are single, if God put a star right over the person you were supposed to date. Could you imagine that? So the Magi saw the star and decided to follow it. The wise men went from the east, which we said earlier is about the area of Persia, to Jerusalem in search of Jesus. This means that they traveled hundreds of miles. Some people think it would have been 500 to 800 miles. I get tired after half a mile. I am out of breath after a few feet. Like walking from here to my car, I can't breathe. 
So these men were truly seekers, that they traveled miles. This journey would have taken months, possibly even a year. Camels, horses, or walking, it still would have taken months to find Jesus, but they were after him, and they were seekers. My second point today is that they were listeners. If we go to verse 3, it says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled. So when they got to Jerusalem, they were asking around, where is the child born king of the Jews? And all of the townspeople were like, what are you talking about, king of the Jews? Our king is Herod. So Herod heard what was going on, called them into the temple or castle or whatever. Honestly, I don't know what you would call it. The palace, wherever the king was. And he said, what is it that you're looking for, king of the Jews? And so King Herod, after talking to the chief priests and scribes, he discovered that there was a prophecy that the king of the Jews, a.k.a. we now know as Jesus, was going to be born in Bethlehem. So King Herod told them, go find him. He's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Search diligently and then come and tell me where he is so that I can worship him too. So the Magi knew Jesus was born, but they didn't know where. The star led them to Jerusalem, but it wasn't like a specific spot. And so I say that they're listeners because if it wasn't because of what King Herod knew, if it wasn't because they listened to King Herod and listened to the chief priests and scribes and what they knew, the journey would have ended right there. But because their ears were open, because they were open to listening to people that possibly knew more than them, because they were open to receiving advice from others, their journey was able to continue. They were able to find out, oh, Jesus is born in Bethlehem. That's just a few miles from here. So they were listeners. The third thing that we can learn is that they were committed. In verse 9, it says, after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So they were committed. That star stayed over the house until they got there. The star didn't show up in the sky and then disappear and then show up and then disappear. Just as the star stayed in the sky the whole time, They followed the whole time. They were committed. God could have easily taken the star out of the sky at any point, and they would have been wandering aimlessly, not knowing where to find Jesus. And so as I was reading this, I realized that as they were committed, as they continued their journey, as they showed their faithfulness to God, God showed his faithfulness to them by keeping the star there for them because the star went before them, and it rested over the place where the child was until they got there. And something that I learned from this, and it touched me so much, and I hope it touches you the same way it touched me, is that just because the blessing doesn't come immediately after the birth doesn't mean that it's not on its way. As I said earlier, this journey took months. Mary and Joseph were with Jesus for months, and they could have easily left. They could have easily said, oh, nothing's happening The Magi, the wise men could have easily said, we haven't found Jesus yet, let's turn around. But they were committed. And just because they weren't there the moment Jesus was born doesn't mean that the blessing wasn't coming. Doesn't mean that they weren't still going to carry their gifts and go to where God had called them to go. My fourth point today is that they were worshipers. Back in verse 1, we see that they were looking for Jesus to worship him. And then in verse 11, when they finally reached Jesus... The first thing they do is fall down and worship him. 
They could have looked for Jesus to ask him for something. They could have looked for Jesus to get on his good side so that Mary and Joseph would remember them years down the road. They could have looked for Jesus for so many things, but they looked for him to worship him. Do you look for Jesus to worship him? Or do you look for Jesus so that when you get to heaven, he goes, hey, I remember your face. Do you look for Jesus to worship him? Or do you look for Jesus so that after you've worshiped him enough, you could ask him for something? Because the wise men looked for him for nothing but to worship him. And I believe that's what God calls us to do as well. My fifth point today is that they were givers. As you guys know, because we say it here every single week, another form of worship is generosity. And the wise men knew this. And as soon as they worshiped, what did they do? They gave Jesus gifts. And they gave him three gifts. It was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And at first I was like, these are some random gifts. I don't know. I mean, Jesus is a child. He doesn't even need these things. But there's something so special about what these gifts represent. Gold is a precious metal, and it's a symbol of kingship and royalty. Frankincense is a fragrance, and it's a symbol of divinity and priesthood. And myrrh is the weirdest one. It's an anointing balm used in burials. So when someone would die, they would put myrrh on them before they buried them, and it was supposed to, like, cover the scent. And it was a symbol of humanity and death. So the wise men, Jesus is a child, and they're basically prophesying everything that Jesus represents. Kingship and royalty, divinity and priesthood, and humanity, and then later death. And in Isaiah 60, Isaiah actually prophesies that gold and frankincense would be given to the Messiah from Gentiles. Talk about specific. All the way back in Isaiah, we knew that this was going to happen, and they're just completing that prophecy. I don't know about you. I don't have gold. I sure wish I did. I sure wish I did. If I had gold, we would have such a lovely building. No, no shame on the warehouse. I love the warehouse. But if I had gold... If I had frankincense that I could just pour all over Jesus, if I had myrrh, I don't have any of those things, though. And I'm pretty sure you don't either. I mean, if you have gold, let me know. That, that would be nice to know. But that doesn't mean that there's not things that I have that I can give Jesus. I have time. I have resources. I have gifts. You have gifts. And so just because you don't have these specific things doesn't mean that you can't also give to Jesus what you do have. And then my sixth point today is that they were obedient to the divine direction. Matthew 2.12 says, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So early on, we read that Herod told them, When you find Jesus, come back and tell me because I want to worship him too. Only problem being, Herod was a liar. He did not want to worship Jesus because later on we find out he wanted to kill Jesus because he was threatened by them. So an angel comes to them in a dream and warns them to depart to their own country by another way. This is tricky, y'all, because the current king is telling them something and then a dream is telling them something else. But because they were close enough to God, close enough to know what his voice sounded like, close enough to know that the dream was from him, they were able to be obedient to the divine direction and depart to their own country by another way. 
If the wise men would have obeyed the king, they would have led him straight to Jesus. But they obeyed the dream and were able to depart to their country by another way. Now, something I didn't mention earlier. The wise men weren't the only ones who saw the star. I don't know about you, but I can see the sky myself. I'm pretty sure that thousands of people saw the star in the sky. But the Magi were the only ones who chose to follow it. The Magi were the only ones who knew, hey, this isn't just a star. This is something greater. Because what seems ordinary to most is extraordinary to those looking with eyes towards heaven. They knew. Everyone else saw the star, but they didn't know. But the Magi knew. The chief priests and scribes in Jerusalem even quoted Micah and said that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is only five miles from Jerusalem. When the Magi showed up to King Herod and the scribes, they could have easily said, let's join you on the journey. If this is really the King of the Jews, if this is really the Messiah, let's travel with you. I want to see for myself. But they lacked faith. They didn't believe that this was truly the King of the Jews. Because like I said, that was only five miles. I know earlier I said that I get tired after half a mile. But if you told me that this was possibly the king of the Jews, this was possibly the Messiah, I would have taken the trip myself. Herod said, if you find him, come back and tell me. No, bump that. I would have taken the trip myself if this was actually Jesus. But they didn't believe that. They didn't have faith. Even with the star in the sky, They said, these people are crazy. They don't know what they're talking about. And they didn't take the trip themselves. I'm going to go over my points really fast and what we can learn from them. My first one was that they were seekers. Christianity is a long, hard journey, y'all. But we have to be seekers. We have to have perseverance. We have to know that we're not just seeking anything. We're seeking the one true king and that we can hold on and follow the journey to the end. They were listeners. The Magi knew that they didn't know everything and they were willing to listen to the advice of King Herod and to the chief priests and the scribes and understand, hey, these pastors, these leaders, they know something I don't and I can learn from them. We have to be that way too. We have to open our ears and be willing to listen. The third thing was that they were committed. Christianity is hard. Hallelujah. Can I get a hallelujah? Hallelujah. (laughs) But they were committed. Months and months they were committed. Years they were committed. In the verse it says they didn't get to Jesus until he was a child. So he was at least one. But they were committed. You can be committed too. And it's hard, but you can do it. (laughs) I know you can. Because they had faith that as the star was with them, as God was with them, they were going to reach what they were looking for. They were worshipers. And we're all called to be worshipers. Whether you worship with an instrument or with your voice or with your talents, just the way that you live your life, we're all worshipers. That's what we're all called to be. They were givers. And like I said earlier, you don't need finances to give. Just you yourself is a sacrifice to Jesus. Just the way you live is enough to give. And they were obedient. And being obedient is hard, especially when it's against what the world is telling you to do 
I mean, King Herod said, come back and tell me, and they didn't. They went back home another way, and that is dangerous. It is dangerous to be obedient. But because they were obedient, God protected them, and God protects his children when they are obedient. Now the wise men came bearing gifts, but they left with a better one. And I think you know where I'm going with this. They left with Jesus. And so that journey that they went on, that long journey, was worth it because they got to leave knowing that they saw the King of Kings and they were able to worship him. So would you stand on your feet with me today? There's so much that we can learn from the Magi. And I think when we read the Bible or when we come to church, we often overlook stories like this. But there's so much that we can learn from them, from the ways that they carry themselves, from the way that they searched for Jesus. And I believe that most of us are from the house, but I don't want to leave this moment without giving you an opportunity, if you haven't chosen to follow Jesus, to make that decision today. So if you would bow your head and close your eyes. God, we are so grateful for you. In this moment, my God, we just ask that you open our hearts, that you rest with us. If there is anyone in this room that hasn't made the decision to follow Jesus and wants to, would you tug on their heart right now? And just if you could, for Jesus and for me, if you want to make that decision today, just go ahead and just lightly lift your hand just so that I can see. Amen. We're going to pray, and we're all going to pray together. Dear God, we come before you, and we thank you for your son. We are not perfect, and we ask for your forgiveness. We ask for your grace. We ask that you walk with us, that you be with us, that you strengthen us to walk with you and to complete this journey that you have called us on. You are so good to us, and so we thank you for your son, for his life, for his death, and for his resurrection. We thank you, Jesus, and in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can you guys?